Well, the Tampa Bay Rays had their end-of-season press conference, and there were some fun nuggets to glean from from all of that. Yes, there were. So get your honey mustard, get your barbecue sauce, and let's dip those nuggets in starting right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Lockdown Race Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Race. You can also find us on the social medias, X and Instagram, and email us anytime with your mailbag questions, LockdownRays at gmail.com. Well, as we mentioned in the open, the Rays had their end-of-season press conference led by Kevin Cash, Peter Bendix, and Eric Neander. I think it was roughly 40 minutes with uh, various questions from the likes of Mark Topkin, our buddy Evan Klosky, and others. Uh, First off, Ulysses, I don't know how much of the press conference that you watch, but anything in the bits and pieces and clips that um, you may have saw anything that stuck out to you or tickled your fancy one way or the other. Uh, Yeah. I think the tonality of it um, I liked um, and the word expectations was thrown around by the three of them by Mm -hmm. Bendix, Neander and cash. And they all said that, they like the expectations being raised and that they're not happy with first round elimination. And I think that's, that's really good for the fandom to hear. I feel like that's a tremendous move on their part to not be satisfied, uh, not be completely, this is an aberration, but saying, Hey, we're not just content with just getting into the playoffs. I think that's a very cool thing uh, to recognize because, you know, you, you've got to elevate your standards. And Kevin Cash, right. I think, said it best. Um, he's not going to want to be here uh, when that becomes the case, when, when you know, the monotony of, of just being okay with just getting into the playoffs and not wanting more he won't want to be there. And I, I like hearing that from the three people in charge of this fandom. Yeah, it's really nice. And again, not to put any blame on anything, but it's the nature of the beast. You play 162 games and then in a matter of 48 hours, it's all over. And it's a shame. I know that Peter Bendix made a comparison uh, with football. Like it's like playing a, a 16 game season and then you get two minutes to to kind of dog it out and to, to see who moves on to the next round in the playoffs. So, uh, and as we're seeing in this current iteration of the playoffs, um, you know, it's not always the the best team with the best regular season record that uh, makes it far, does the best in the postseason. Um, some of the things that kind of stood out to me, um, uh, Neander, anyway, he had pointed up uh, or pointed out that, Attendance was up over 30%. Uh, He said that Kevin Cash, he believes this is the best job that he's ever done in his time as Tampa Bay Rays manager. I don't know if he qualified that with 
uh, well, he didn't qualify that with in the regular season versus in the playoffs and so forth. But I understand where he's getting to. I, I know we've um, beaten up on cash a little bit or quite a bit uh, based on some of the decision making uh, that transpired in the playoffs. But I think regular season, just keeping the ship righted amid all the injuries, amid uh, not just all the injuries, but the timing of the injuries and who the injuries happened to. Uh, and the rookies that had to step up and contribute the Wander Franco mess. Uh, you're navigating a stadium announcement as well in the middle of the, all that. A lot of distractions can uh, can kind of unfurl uh, a season one way or the other. Uh, having said that, I think Cash absolutely deserves a lot of credit for sure um, in helping the team win 99 games. But it's also the onus on the clubhouse and the guys in the clubhouse to um, to take care of each other and to take care of themselves and, and to make sure that things are steady going forward. And I know that uh, leadership was pointed out um, for Zach Eflin and Yandy Diaz. So I think that also has to be mentioned that we, we often talk about, you know, managers putting the guys in the best season and uh, the best position to perform and also making sure that, um, you know, the, the personalities match and everybody's getting along that, that is an important part of it. But I also think that um, some of the veterans and the guys that are, you know, spending time with each other and, and that are, are part of that group also uh, responsibilities on them and credit has to be given to them as well. And I know that yeah. those two guys were mentioned um, uh, over the course with, with Eflin and Yandi, what they were able to do. And add, add to Kevin Cash's, um, you know, great season. The fact that they had a horrible July, a franchise right. worse month, and and they were able to come out of it with a really good August and September. So, again, Kevin Cash, one of the best regular season managers that we've seen, um, and 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 you know, ninety nine wins do not come easily. I I, I think that's why, um, yeah. you know, you would be really angry as a Rays fan to hear the word pesky being thrown as an adjective for, for the race because they didn't have a pesky, uh, you know, a season, a pesky a season, I think would be, you know, the diamondbacks. Yeah. The diamondbacks That's... winning 84 games in the regular season and doing what they're doing right now, just exactly. And grinding into the playoffs where the rays were despite the awful July. I mean, they've, they've been in for a while. They've solidified themselves for a while now. Yeah. And they're not a, you know, one year upstart. I mean, they've been doing this thing five years in a row now, five years in a row. I don't think you can do that. So, um, yeah. So Kevin cash, I, I agree with Neander that this was the, the best year. Look, and, and especially because you had to, as a manager now in 2023, it's not like you have the, the Sharpie and the pencil and, and, and really digging in like all old, old school managers were, um, right. You know, that, that stuff is being handed down from the front office, uh, most of the time and you've got plans and you've got layouts and all that, but it's keeping the, the guys in the room and the clubhouse in check and coming in with the same attitude. Even Keel, he apparently does that very well. I did hear, remember in the beginning of the season when they said they tried something new, which was to, um, in the clubhouse, they had, uh, next to each other one pitcher to a position player to a pitcher to a position player so that everybody could get to know each other that was in the in the beginning of the season 
then as the season went on, did that change? Because there was they stopped talking about that, and in the in the in the post game conferences, it didn't feel like that was the case, you know, with the clubhouse locker. So I don't know. Do you do you remember that in the beginning, and and do you? remember this kind of changing yeah I, I do recall the um you know putting the pitchers next to the position players um was it i could be way off on this was it glass now next to wander something along yeah. those lines and then i think maybe it was just a case of you know the storylines have been covered and there's really nothing else to do with that i didn't hear one way or the other from the media maybe evan uh Klosky would know a little bit better but yeah it's um yeah, I don't know how much, uh, if if anything, to read into that, but um, yeah, I think the 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 point in the statement is is well said with that. So, yeah, you win you win ninety nine games, and it's a disappointing finish for sure. Another thing that stood out was that Neander said there's the opportunity, the opportunity at least to bring back nearly all of the group. I don't think, I mean, nearly all uh, we'll, we'll see what that means in a couple months, but I'm going ahead and, and looking down the road. And I know uh, Topkins written about it already is, you know, you look at some of those big salary figures that are coming through the pipeline in 2024 and beyond. And it's like, uh, they are on pace. If they basically brought everybody back their their payroll would be um, significantly higher than it's ever been. 110 120 mil uh you know if everything is... we know inflation's bad but the rays are going to fight inflation as best <laughs> as they can they've been doing it for 15 years now yeah i i i it would be very interested in in which names they they can go ahead and, and say yes we're we're in for this and we've got we're gonna have the whole off season to talk about that but, but maybe before we do that we got to tell you about jace medical uh, modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains can be fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, an additional $20 off by using code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, at checkout at jacemedical.com. Again, go use the code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out, and I'm glad you brought it up um, as far as you know, in the beginning of the season and just overall uh, the job of a manager has shifted and changed where you are taking so much direction and more or less orders from the front office of this is how you need to lay out the pitching staff. This is how you need to lay out uh, the roster and the bullpen and the lineup construction. And I think it's a, it's tough to be caught or stuck in the middle where you're having to explain to 
the players, the rank and file as to why they're playing or why they're not playing or why they're being put in this position. And it's, well, um, the front office sees this, that, and the other thing. Being that conduit, that go-between is very, very challenging. And now, um, especially with all the Wander Franco mess uh, that came about over the past couple months, um, social media is a different beast. It's a different danger nowadays. And um, I think being able to uh, have to consider all of that as you're going through a season um, and all the the rumors and the scuttlebutt that is put forth um, and just in general, uh, I think, you know, something we've we've learned over the last couple of years, uh, player, not just health, uh, physical health, but mental health has has really come to the forefront. And um, it's it's something that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, maybe even not, you know, maybe five years ago, yeah. it's something that wasn't even considered. It was, hey, hey uh, you got to be tough and macho and you got to you got to fight through it. I, I don't want to hear about your feelings. Uh, but now it's a it's a different day in a different era and, and something that Cash and, and other guys have had to adjust and, and model to to some extent. There's one thing that came out of the pandemic that was positive and that was to, that to talk about mental health stopped kind of being so taboo. Um, yeah. yeah, you don't even have to go that far, you know, and it's very I mean, we, we, we've seen it and heard it over the last couple of years. We would have never heard about Austin Meadows, no. and Ryan Thompson, no, and uh, Ryan Sheriff, um, yeah. and other guys as well, just being as uh, you know, open about some of their struggles and challenges and and being able to. I mean, in, in a way, you have to play psychologist and, and listen to guys' feelings nowadays. Yeah, and and Justin Sua, the, the mental health uh, coach for, for the Rays, he's always in the dugout. Uh, I see him all the time talking to Glassnow or Glassnow talking to him, which is pretty cool. I, I, I like that, uh, seeing seeing that when when they, they broadcast that. But I, I, I got a feeling, man, that when you – when – you're the manager and this whole shortstop debacle happens. There's no way. Like, I don't remember this uh, reading about this, a, a Topkin article or Klosky mentioned mentioning this, but there has, there had to be a meeting. There had to be a meeting with the players and, 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 and Hey, this is what's going down. And if there wasn't a meeting, I'd be very surprised. But if there wasn't a meeting, there was, was sure as hell an open door policy to cash and Neander for a Luke Rayleigh to go inside and say, uh, Hey, can I talk to you for a sec? Yeah. Can you just tell me what the bleep is going on, man? Um, but I, I would be very surprised a to, to hear that an organization that tries to be as communicative as possible to its players and, and saying, Hey, this is your role. This is how we see you. Hey, this is what you need to do. Hey, we just acquired you. This is what you do. Well, we want you mm-hmm. to do this. I would, very communicative to not in the most, uh, you know, chaotic, hectic, uh, you know, off the field issue that they've ever encountered. Yeah. To not be communicative. Like, I, that's why I, I don't remember them talking about it, Topkin or Klosky or whatever, but I, I would be very surprised that they didn't sit down with, with the players and said, hey, we, uh, this is what we know. If you have any questions, let us know, but you know, you got to put it out there. Yeah. You got to brief them on it and, and do as much as you can with that. You have to kind of, 
control the message as best as possible and let them be briefed on what's going down before it it crosses paths in the media. And that's a positive media. And that's a positive, you know, for for Kevin Cash and the front office to keep their players, you know, aware and informed. And that is a good trait about being a a manager. But I mean, you you were talking about, you know, uh, what we've laid into Kevin Cash. I think it should be said postseason playoffs. Um, there's not much, and we even said this. I think I even said this before it, the 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 playoff started. I was like, you know, we we haven't had any, any a lot of Kevin Crash moments, which is good. Um, right. and it makes sense in a 99 win season to not have a lot of Kevin Crash mo- uh, moments. That's good. Mm-hmm. It just seems that once the team is in the playoffs, in the there have been some questioning moves, and that's what we're arguing. I think the only answer is that MLB needs to restructure the playoffs. Let's do 11 game series, 13 game series, 15 game series, best of 11, best of 13, hot best take. of 15. Hot yeah. take. You I was like talking it? to my I was talking to my dad yesterday and he was like, "Oh, in 5 years what they're going to do is like eliminate four teams and then have 26 teams go to the playoffs. It's ridiculous." And I was like, "Okay. I understand where you're coming from." Which honestly, that's exactly what has been happening now. Just like adding more teams and adding more teams. Right. But I told them I was like, "You're gonna be upset with me because I'm going again, you know, against tradition here." But enough with the 162. We've had enough 162s. Enough. Yeah. Put that season regular season to 100, and then you want your playoffs with the eight teams? Okay, then give me 10 game series, seven game series from the wild card up to the up to the world series. If that's where you think that you're making your money and that's where, you know, more people are going to be engaged. Um, But 162 and then your, your whole fate, this team won 99 games, Kevin, and two games, your season is over. Then what the hell was was that 162 for? I know that. That's what I've been saying. I mean, I know that, it's not going to happen for a long time, although under Manfred, who knows, maybe they've got something up their sleeve or up their sleeves. But, I mean, I think you got to start at, you know, best of five at the least with a wild card and best of seven, preferably. I mean, you've got to give these guys, you know, prove that, you know, your depth and your roster uh, has earned the chance to to make it further. So, yeah, I mean, how much over the years of, 162 meaningless meaningless draining boring baseball over the course of august and september for some teams you know all six months or five months but a lot of teams who didn't have a a puncher's chance that it's just we're just playing out the string here that's it and 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 when the a good team comes along they always lose they always like it so like I understand you can't have a 60 game season. I understand that. Do you need a 162? Like there's a line where we all know like, okay, these are the 140, good 130, 125. I don't know. Sure. Something like that. And I know you're, you, 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 you all probably can say, well, you know, the Mariners were, were eliminated two days before the, the season ended or, you know, the Houston Astros didn't win until the last day of the season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's minimal cases. And two, well, then just win it in 125. I don't know if you guys have a better um, 
way to fix yeah. 162. You win 99 games and then you lose in two, and then that's it. If you have a better option than what we're saying, please drop it in the YouTube comments. Yeah. Well, I think they've they've kind of to your point, they've helped that a little bit by expanding playoffs and giving more teams a chance towards the end and hope towards the end. I mean, that uh exponentially increases the number of teams that are in the race and in the running. So at least it gives those respective fan bases and baseball in general interest in uh, however many teams more so than previously where the playoffs was so uh, contracted and so small as before. Uh, Speaking of playoffs, we have a note on that, but first we have to tell you this October baseball is back as you know, and you can make sure your postseason debut with FanDuel. Well, you have to make, Sorry, I'm messing up live reads this morning. Let's start over. How about that? Uh, October baseball is back. You should know that by now already, of course. And you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel. You should make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet, just visit FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O and Locked On to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the very last out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will actually win the dang thing. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with what they have called Quick bets. That's pretty cool as well. So head over to fanduel.com slash locked on L O C K E D O N right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Ulysses, we put a poll out there on X, formerly known as Twitter the other day, uh, asking Rays fans, where are you with the old game of baseball now that the Rays are out of contention? Is baseball dead to you? Will you watch a little bit of the playoffs? Anyone but Houston to win the playoffs and just rooting for Longo, baby. And the voting was uh, interesting across the board, 30% suggests that baseball is dead to them at this current uh, juncture. 17% said they'll watch a little bit of the playoffs. 14% say, hey, anyone but the Astros. And then 39% uh, say, hey, it's it's the Evan Longoria show. And quite literally, it, there have been some Evan Longoria show moments. I uh, hope he um, doesn't have too much of an injury issue after being struck on the hand by a pitch in game two of the NLDS against the Dodgers. I think he's considered day to day at this, uh, at this standpoint, but um, me personally, I'm, I'm with the uh, voting populace here. It's, it's all about Evan Longoria. I I really, really want to see him get that first ring. Uh, He's been in the league 14, 15 years. He's had some chances, some shots at it. He seems to be rejuvenated uh, heck, he's he was uh, supplanted or implanted as the starting third baseman now for the Diamondbacks. He's making uh, leaping catches that you know harken back to vintage Gold Glover Longoria. He's he's uh, yeah. hidden sack flies. He's he's 
getting clutch base hits, driving and runs. He's doing a little bit of everything uh, seemingly. So, uh, and he's, he's kind of the mouthpiece for this uh, upstart Diamondbacks team as well. Yeah. It's, it's great to see him in, in this role. Now I usually would be baseball is dead to me, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in after 2019 and the Rays get to the ALDS and, and they go five games, you showed fight. You actually fought you, you were in the fight, man. And then you lose. That's when baseball is dead to me. Uh, and I didn't want to do anything uh, up, up to do with baseball. But the last two seasons, Kev, 2022 and 2023, I mean, they've it, it was barely playoffs and you didn't really see any playoff moments from your team. So, yeah, it, you kind of feel like there's just like this hankering, this craving for more baseball that like you're yeah. really more invested into the playoffs. And so that's happened in the last two years for me. In fact, I. I think honestly, I I am so wanting baseball that for the second year in a row, I'm going to be a daily follower of the Venezuelan Winter League again. Um, I, I just I, I feel like I need it. I need the baseball because I didn't get to see my team play baseball in October. I really didn't. If you're a race fan, you didn't really get to see. You saw Curtis Mead RBI single. Good for <laughs> Curtis Mead. That was it. That was it basically. You saw Randy Rosarena do Randy Rosarena things in the playoffs. That was it. You saw a lot of errors, wild pitches, walks, Whew. strikeouts. You saw from, a lot of bad things from your offense. Yeah. You saw a lot of blue seats. You didn't even. I didn't. I went and I didn't even get to feel playoff baseball atmosphere. Yeah. That's so disappointing. I love Troptober. That what that wasn't it. Yeah, you so, felt you felt like late July, early August. Yes, baseball. Yeah, disappointed across across the 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 road there. So I I I have to agree with you a thousand percent. I want long Longo is the guy right now. So the D backs are up two against the Dodgers. Love nothing more than an upset in the playoffs. So uh, I am rooting for them. It's really fun to see that uh, Phillies Braves. Um, oh yeah, uh, series. I mean, Travis Darno was huge. Uh, last night with that home run, uh, it, it's, you know, and I mean, obviously love Ronald Acuna Jr. And he's just so he's just it's amazing to see a guy being such a game changer with everything that he is. I mean, the guy gets plunked. He's on first uh, or walks rather. And there's a single to right field, Kevin. He goes from first to third. The ball comes in from right field to Trey Turner. Trey, it gets a bad bounce, but Ronnie never stops. He's always looking at the at the play. He's always, and then he just went home. Just a little blip of yeah. an error, and then you get a guy scoring from first um, to get them going. Like it's it's really amazing. So that's a really cool series. I want the Twins to win. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Houston uh, fans. I want the Twins to win. I mean, you've got Rocco Baldelli there. He's doing a great job. Uh, it, a lot of old friends yeah. are are in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that people really need to. Now, my fiance is a Phillies fan, so we've been watching that Braves-Phillies series. That could be one for the record books when it's all said and done, especially what happened over the course of game two. But Ronald Acuna Jr., I'm glad you brought him up because I still feel like he's he's not being talked about like he should be. <laughs> talked about i know we we all focus our attention on 
uh, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and Mookie Betts and I guess others, Aaron Judge, for example. But um, what Acuna has done this season and really over his entire career, I did see a really interesting stat where, I mean, just look at uh, look at his strikeout to walk ratio. It, it's compared to you can just see the evolution in his game from you know 2019 to now, where in 2019 he was striking out 190 times. Now he's striking out 80 times, basically, and still putting Unreal. up uh, the same type of numbers, even more so. Um, you know, I mean, with the the stolen bases added to the home runs and the batting average and the hits and, and everything combined. So um, he's really a, a treat to watch. But going back to uh, Evan Longoria, yeah, I think uh, everybody uh, who's a Rays fan should and will be uh, rooting for for him and maybe the Diamondbacks uh, on the whole. Maybe it it provides a little hope and inspiration for the Rays of, hey, um, you know, an expansion team can win it all. An expansion team can go up against the Dodgers and others and and take them down. And and hey, man, this team won 84 games and they won the whole thing or made it to the World Series. It would... Why can't we do that with a bunch of young kids uh, by the name of Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas? Um, you know, why why not us? Basically, Ooh, boomer take. Boomer take. I have a boomer take here. Okay. Why that? Why them? Not us. Where's the veteran leadership? Where's your Tommy Pham? Where's your Evan Longoria in the race? Hmm. That's a position good point. player. Don't give me Zach Eflin, people. Give me position players. Where's your Evan Longoria? Where's your Tommy Pham? Yeah, and that's kind of why in the off season we were saying, hey, bring back Longo, not just for the storyline and uh, a marketing opportunity and a publicity opportunity, but actually what he provides. Uh, in terms of of that leadership and guidance, and man, he's got a whole lot of experience under his belt, Dude. a whole lot of wisdom under his belt. I don't care if, uh, you know, basically since 2020, he's only going to give you, you know, between you know 50 to 80 games. Uh, he's going to do a lot more to help you out, um, and just really want him after you know 342 career homers and being a three-time Gold Glover, and now just turning 38 years old, uh, 25 more than 25 career postseason hits as well to his name. Really want to see him get that first ring. I 100%. don't, even if he gets that ring, uh, I don't think uh, that'll be enough to get him into the hall. Um, but Helps it's, it's them, something that is, is well-deserved for him again. I mean, we've, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, Longo's peak was about as good as any third baseman, but it was just, it just know, injuries like and, and more years. after the trade to San Francisco, it just dropped off after there. It just the, that peak needed to be just a couple of years longer. Uh, but no, good for Longo. Hope everything turns out for Longo and, and he wins that ring. Honestly, I know some fans are like, oh, I want him to only win a ring again with the Rays. Like, nah, fam. I want yeah. Longo to win it no matter what. Um, and God, wouldn't it be nice to have Longo rubbing shoulders with Curtis Mead? I want Curtis Mead to learn from Longo. Yeah. I, I, I want I want Junior Caminero to be in the same clubhouse with Longo and just pick his brain. Like mm-hmm. this is how you get this is how you stay in the big leagues for 15 years, kid. And they're still productive at 38. Like right. there's a value in that. And I know there's some people that are like, no, but uh you know. they just look at his OPS, they just look yeah. at his swing speed and his outs above average. They don't they don't care about uh, any of of uh, like, the things that really can't be measured. I feel like people that don't care about intangibles 
have never worked in an office before. Yeah. Oh, it matters. Like you understand like that's an office to them. Like if you don't care about intangibles, all right, let me let me toss you in a toxic environment in an office space and see how you deal with that. Let me yeah. let me throw you in an office space where nobody knows what they're doing. Let me let me throw you in an office space where people don't care, where people don't know how to succeed. Let me throw mm-hmm. you in that office space. See see how much you like it. You see how right. much you can deliver. How mu- how much output you can have in that in that environment. That's it. Yeah, no, it's uh I think that's that's very well said. Um yeah, this is this is a job. It's a career, uh, just like with baseball, any other sport, any other industries. There are people that you're going to get along with, that you're going to jive with, that you're not going to get along with, that have more wisdom and leadership qualities than others, that can explain and get along with others better. And I feel like Evan Longoria is he is that glue guy. Could be that glue guy. Um, so. I don't know what's in store for him after this year. If I was the Diamondbacks, I'd probably bring him back again. And then maybe at some point, uh, if he so is interested in doing, um, starts a, a coaching career or a, a player advisor role, you know, mm. something uh, to that effect. But um, he's definitely been great to the game. The game's been great to him. And he's just one of those um you know, important, important dudes that you need around your organization, especially for, like I mentioned, a young team like the Diamondbacks between the Corbin Carrolls and the Alec Thomases and the Gabriel Marinos and the Gerald or Geraldo Perdomos. I mean, it's like, again, he, he went off, he went through it all in 2008 when there was David Price and BJ Upton and Carl Crawford and a uh, rotation of guys under 26 years old. So, um, yeah, so we'll be uh, watching that going forward. Hopefully more good moments for him. Uh, again, still don't think uh, he's going to make it quite over the finish line into the Hall of Fame. Heck, if it took this long for Fred McGriff to get in, uh, man, I just, you know, it's Maybe. unfortunate. But uh, all right, uh, there we go. That is today's episode. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.